Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Gumshoe Tom. We are Team Binge. We are here to talk about a murder at the end of the world. Episode 5. This episode was called Crypt. Not Tales from the Crypt. Just Crypt. Just straight up Crypt. And Tom, as I'm going in my mind movie to rewatch this other person's mind movie... I felt like this episode was middling. It's almost like the mid-episode of a show. I don't know. I feel like we got some reviews, but this one was not my was not my favorite. Yeah, they had, again, I think the character choices are kind of goofy. We get Darby being Darby and just immediately re- like regurgitating everything she learns to the next character she sees, which I don't oh, can't love. stop herself. Cannot <laughs> yeah. stop herself. Um, yeah, there's some goofy character decisions. I mean, we had that little bit where Andy and Darby are able to interrogate and talk to some of the other people, but I don't love the way they're introducing all these other characters because I don't see anybody as really suspicious because they're not doing it from their perspective or giving us any more backstory on the other characters. So I'm kind of with you. And it was long. It was like an hour 15 or something like that. I don't think it it needed to be, um, kind of, it was definitely a slower. Yeah. And when we podcast, we all know you take the episode time and you times it by three, and that's how long we record. So Generally. <laughs> buckle up, folks. But let's dive into it. We, ooh, Tom, I was pretty proud of us that we caught this detail, that the sneezing <laughs> yep. between Zoomer and Bill, there was a correlation. Mm-hmm. And I did appreciate how Zoomer was like, why are you being weird? She was being weird, Zoomer. That is yeah. A the really hug, good point. the sniff, like right into his hair, and I get the idea of like he, she smells him, and then has like a sense of memory. But this kid doesn't use the same shampoo as uh, as Bill did. It's kind of good. I mean, uh, I don't think Bill in the past times was doing a lot of shampooing. <laughs> I mean, those bangs and these two, they look like they've just been on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, I honestly, I didn't even make the connection with the way that she smells Zoomer with the flashback. We then enter with them at a gas station, just like aggressively smelling each other. <laughs> this, I don't know if, you, you know, you go on a road trip for like eight hours and when you get out of the car, you're just like, I need a shower and I need it now. There's something <laughs> about sitting in a car, like just driving that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, I, th- I didn't find this romantic. I was like, <laughs> go, you know, gasoline shower, I think it's called, or gasoline mm-hmm. fight, what is it, when you spray each other <laughs> yeah. with gasoline? In a tragic gasoline fight accident, right. whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I like what they're doing with them kind of like falling in love here, or they're just kind of having this fun little banter. They're kind of giving themselves like coy smiles back at each other, so you can kind of see them falling in love here. Okay, Tom, explain this to me, because mm-hmm. as as you know, I'm just not the guy to understand these types of things. There's a forest fire, and they're like, uh, Bill says something like, one day there won't be any place to go, because she's like, oh, we should leave. <laughs> they're just watching yeah. this hill on fire. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, is, is global warming, like, attacking them following them (laughs) what was bill's comment explain this to me please in detail it was like the fact that she sees it when this is a relatively large wildfire in the background one would argue they would have seen it from the road or a lot sooner smelt it but they're too busy (laughs) smelling each other yeah uh yeah you smell like a burnt pine tree (laughs) you smell like global warming if i'm being honest right now i mean i feel like again like i hate to always use that word of heavy-handed but they're trying to throw in the idea of climate change into the storyline and giving bill a little one-liner here but it's a bit it's a bit aggressive 
Okay, so here's my issue then, because I felt like the whole climate change summit that they were doing was like a kind of a bit to get a bunch of rich people or like famous people in this resort or in the mm-hmm. in the facility. But now I'm starting to feel like last episode, they were like, Andy thinks, Andy thinks we don't have even that long. Andy thinks we've got like a year until the world mm-hmm. collapses. And then this one where the forest fire is chasing down these two kids. <laughs> I think heavy handed is a good term. I, I I don't think you're wrong in using that. But well, we still know. don't really understand Andy's, I guess, motivation for bringing these specific people. And I think later when they're around the fire, they kind of talk about why they're here. And I don't know, maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. But it's still unclear even five episodes in. Right, right. I just, I don't understand it. And actually, Tom, I'm going to, give me a second. I'm, I've got to stoke the fire in this room. I'm burning some rubber tires to uh, heat, heat my office while I record. So one moment. All right, we're in the present and uh, Ava visits Darby and Darby is like, hey, look at all this morphine. And that has a connection. Did the morphine come from this safe? Yes, it came from this safe. Did the pacemaker come from this? Yes, it did. Who was in this room? We don't know. I don't know. You're just like, okay, well, good detective work, Darby. All the rest of you are dum-dums, or I don't know if they're all in on it. That's what That's what you... The way Ava kind of like looks or responds to Darby, like inquiring about who's been in here or what's going on in this place, like she seems to hesitate. She seems to answer... I don't know, not necessarily truthfully. So I, I don't know if Ava's really up to something, but she doesn't seem to be telling the full story here. Maybe it's a weird couple thing where her husband Todd murders everyone and she tries to bring them back to life, you know? And sometimes mm. sometimes she wins, sometimes he wins. And it's a fun little <laughs> couple game they play back and forth. I don't yeah. know. We've got some arguing between Ava and Darby. Ultimately, this leads to Darba, Darby and Ava getting in an elevator and the, Dar- the Darba initiative, whatever it was called from Lost, and they go into uh, negative floor 10. Is that a... I, I've never... I've been at a, like, below ground. I've never seen the minus sign on a floor as it I'm kind goes. of surprised I didn't put this together because like we saw the robots building some other silo or underground thing a while back, um, and it has the same shape as this like quote unquote hotel that they're in. And the assumption is that they're building the exact same thing. They just haven't built like the top layer of whatever else those robots are building. So it does make sense that they are kind of living in this high, uh, silo hotel here. Sure. I, for some reason, I thought you had made that connection. Maybe you just brought up the silo building that the robots yeah. were doing. Well, because they do that thing where once they get everybody to like the quote-unquote safe room, there's just like big circular round table thing with lights and fancy stuff. So I, we didn't really know where that was. I speculated that that was this other robot building silo, but I guess it was where they currently are. Oh, you mean you don't think it's in Camelot, Tom, where the round <laughs> table resides? Because... <laughs> Andy wants to read him about King Arthur. By the way, Clive Owen played King Arthur in a movie. So good. good. And (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bill is Lancelot, who has an affair with Guinevere, Guinevere (laughs) being Lee. This is all a King Arthur allegory. What the lesson is, I don't know. Um, I think it ends well for all of them, but this is just... uh, this King Arthur tilting at windmills in order to beat climate change with all of these these uh, famous people. But 
They interrupt dinner, and uh, I apologize. The more I've watched the show and the more they've brought up King Arthur, the more I've thought of the legends <laughs> and this show and whether or not they're trying to do uh, some sort of correlation. In fact, I Googled it, and there are Reddit threads that talk mm. about it. Did I read those Reddit thre- threads? No, I did not, because I'm neither you nor Darby, and therefore I will not engage. I only like go it. on Reddit for political stuff. <laughs> of course. I mean, I'd like to, I mean, do you think it's just tongue-in-cheek, them mentioning King Arthur? Like, he even mentions about, like, I want my son to be King Arthur and not read about King Arthur, and I guess what, Zoomer's, like, very upset about having to read a book, I guess, so he's not a big reader. Um, Zoomer doesn't want to go to bed, I believe, is what this fight is. And you have this moment where, like, Lee's kind of coddling and Andy's like, kids are also spoiled. I'd slap (laughs) him around with a gauntlet and teach him how to fight with a lance. Um, And I was like, bro, your King Arthur movie wasn't that good, so settle Mm. down. Although, it does have Kira Knightley in it doing some cool archery stuff. She was Legolas before Legolas. Anyways, you mentioned earlier where Darby cannot help herself. She immediately is like Andy or Sire, King Arthur. Uh, Zoomer <laughs> is Bill's son. Do you know how? Do you know how weird that conversation would be? Like, can you imagine trying to tell someone that, like, not knowing that they knew, or maybe knowing that they knew, and it leading to murder? It's a really strange thing to just be like, "Hey, I know Zoomer's not your kid, and you killed Bill for it." And they're in some weird, like, below-ground dungeon all alone. I don't know. This doesn't seem like... I mean, Andy then kills Darby and show ends. I don't know. This was... She doesn't... I mean, that's what I don't love about her character. She doesn't think... Like, she's very smart and does a lot of brilliant things, but she doesn't seemingly think more than one or two steps ahead. Because, yeah, what what is the upside? What what happens here? Oh, yep, you're right. I did do this. I knew, did, I knew he was the, the father. Um... Here you go. Take my hand. Put me in handcuffs. Like, you, is she under the illusion that everyone that's killed or done something like this is just wanting to be wanting to be caught? That as soon as it's revealed to them that she knows, they're just like you just said. They're going to be like handcuffs, please take me away. <laughs> or maybe, maybe that's what happened in the Silver Doe killing. Like we thought that the, he was at the top of the basement and shooting down on him, but actually, no. He just dropped his his handcuffs. He was waiting to get cuffed. Oh, oh, okay, sure. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Or the sound of the gunshot was not meant for them. I don't know. There's mm. a number of different ways that that could go. Fair. Uh, what's interesting is Andy's like, you got it all wrong. And she she just goes for it. Like, and then Andy's on her side. I don't know. There's Because uh, he, he's like, ultimately, like, by the way, I'm sterile. I know that because of, I don't know, some some sort of weird college ritual. Oh, no, he was trying to sell his, um, Mm -hmm. yes. And uh, I don't know. I I found all this. His reasoning was such that she was like, oh, you are innocent. Join my team. I didn't. This was weird. Yeah, they become friends. Like this whole bit about him confiding in Darby about this and saying Lee doesn't know. And then when Darby kind of confronts Lee later, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like I I would assume that Lee would have known about this. He makes that comment about like, Oh, my illness would ruin the economy. I'm like, all right, man, like I get it. You're like a rich billionaire guy, but come on, like, you know, have a little bit of humility here. 
No, no. When a king dies, we don't know who rules Camelot afterwards. It will be anarchy. It'll either be Boars or Lancelot or Boromir. Dancelot. Boromir or maybe Faramir. I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing metaphors. But Mm -hmm. what kind of illness do you think he has? Let's touch on that. What kind of... Do you think he's slowly turning into, like, a vampire? Or Mm. what do you... what, What illness is he... Is this secretly well, a Mike Flanagan um, <laughs> production, and he's going to turn into a monster? Well, didn't they mention pretty quickly after this scene or a couple of scenes forward that he's just trying to get some sort of like, it's not necessarily an illness, it's more of a therapy to try to last oh, and live longer? Yeah, that's right. They do have a line that's almost, so I don't know if he's is his illness is just aging. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, regular he's like, old people He's aging. like, I've got something that I'm going to tell you that would ruin the economy if people knew. <laughs> I'm getting older. One day <laughs> I will cry probably hair. die. <laughs> I yeah, that's a good point because he does say, "Oh, it's just like life extending therapy." So mm-hmm. I, I do don't appreciate know. that. At one point, they're like going back and forth, and she, uh, like you know, Andy's like mentioning how much he loves Zoomer and how like he is for all intents and purposes his father, which I think is a very fair statement. Sure. But he makes this line about like hardware versus software and how Bill was the hardware and he's the software and software matters most. I couldn't help but giggle. Oh yeah. Yeah. When he said hardware <laughs> and he winked into the camera, I was like, all right, all right, pump the brakes there, friend. Yeah. I, so ultimately what we're supposed to know is Zoomer's not his, he knew it already. I guess Lee doesn't know, and like you mentioned, that conversation is interesting, but ultimately he was getting treatment with Ava during Bill's murder, so he can't mm-hmm. be a part of it. And and he, he makes a fair point here in a bit about it. he's like clouded in his, or, or Darby's clouded in her thoughts because she thinks it's all about Bill, and then Andy's like, it's all about him. But I almost kind of think maybe they're playing at us a little bit, where Andy thinks it's all about him because he's just a rich, arrogant guy, but maybe it's not. I don't know. What, what's your take on that? No, I think you've got a good point because he says, you think it's all about Bill. It's not about Bill. It's about someone sabotaging me. And mm-hmm. I think like some of the other stuff he said is probably true and, and right on. But I think, yes, to your point, that is you could be you could say the same thing about him as like, hey, mm-hmm. you think it's about you, but it's not about you. Yeah. It's about Zoomer, the robot baby. And so, I don't know. But I I think you make a great point. They are trying to end King Andy is mm-hmm. all I... What a name, King Andy. You know, can you imagine <laughs> if... You're of the, you are of the line of King Andy. King Andy the second, they'll call you. Yeah, that's just a bad and King Prince name. Zoomer. Prince Zoomer's worst. Listen, um, Zoomer is chasing around that crown throughout the house that is true that is true (laughs) so they're like let's team up and then there's Mm -hmm. a montage where they like get dressed together (laughs) and they put on like uniforms that match and Mm -hmm. um they go shopping and then they come back and they're a team yeah this all leads to this weird 3d scan of everything that's happening and 
I was like, oh, all the actors went on strike and they hired a video game company to just show everyone. Why is this 3D scan better than just security camera footage? Why why do why do I have to look at this weird N64 graphics world? What's going I on? I mean, here? yeah, it's just it's just trying to show cool newer technologies. Like it's a LIDAR security system that uses, I don't know, lights, radar, whatever. I, I think it is in some form or fashion real, but not to this extent. I'm like I'm for it. I think it's it's a fun just TVism or whatever to show new technology. But it definitely reminded me of like your your point N64 Goldeneye. The way yeah. once they zoomed in, the characters are a little bit like squared off and everything. Um, but there is an interesting point here where they're doing this team up. They're both talking to Ray to try to like go through the this security system. She asks Ray to do something. Ray doesn't do it. And Andy asks Ray to do something and he doesn't right away. And I don't think that's necessarily a surprise, but I think they did that on purpose to kind of show us that, again, Ray Ray is kind of fully controlled by Andy. Well, was it, and I, I remember what you're talking about. I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was, was it another time where she used like a colloquialism or something that wasn't literal and then no, Andy had to adjust it to make it more literal? Andy, Andy said the exact same thing. It was oh, just really? like security protocols kind of thing. She was trying to eliminate the people that were in their rooms. When she said it, he wouldn't do it. Right, right. She's like, eliminate all the people in their rooms. And then Ray killed <laughs> everyone else. And we're like, I think we know. I think we know who the murderer is. It's AI and global warming. Boom. Credits. Brought to you, brought to you by Dick Wolf. Dun, dun. Um, th- I think this is then the conversation about the treatment, which is life extension therapy. Guess what, mm-hmm. Andy? We're all dying. We're all dying slowly or quickly, one way or another. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say about the LIDAR security system, the 3D system is it's kind of like getting an ultrasound and they do the 3D ultrasound and mm-hmm. you're like uh no thank you I do not whatever <laughs> I do not want whatever um that is that you've shown me a picture of um I don't know it's, it's trippy. Actually, it's, it's wild you know what I think we've seen them um, I don't think we ever got any because we didn't do it for our uh, kid no yeah terrifying anyways Life is such a gift. All right. <laughs> we have some sort of uh, 1159 auto backup, which of course means <laughs> that was an Classic, insider, right? right? Yeah. It's just, yeah, like there has to be a specific time. Like with all the technology, you tell me there's no redundancy that the system like has to be offline for one minute every night. Like, come on. It's a bit silly. It's like, the other thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's like my boss knows whenever my computer's updating and he and he calls me and he's like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, oh, my computer's updating. And then he's like, demerit, you're not working. And, uh, he's watching yeah. your front-facing camera. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Joke's on him, I have a sticker on front of it. Joke's on him, I don't wear a shirt at work. Joke's on him, I didn't have a third one. But you can, Jimmy, use any of those. Um, just cut in the funniest one, please. Will do. Thanks, um, Jimmy. There's a, there's a note where... Andy says something about like, oh yeah, and the person had access to the pacemaker and to Sean's suit. I'm like, wait, what? Like, who had access to Sean's suit? Like, they're they're trying to make Sean sing with her helmet getting stuck to be like sabotage, but I'm not buying that, right? Like, they they made a point of like lo- like focusing on the helmets when they both put them in the back of the Volvo. Like maybe she took the wrong helmet and maybe she took Darby's helmet and put that back on and that's why it got stuck. But they threw this line out there like the pacemaker got sabotaged just like her suit did. And I was like, eh, I don't buy that. 
Well, I do think in the scene where they're trying to get the helmet off, <laughs> when he goes to like plug it in and do some <laughs> hacking. Oh, man, Tom. All right. Straight face, Julian. This is a serious show where serious so they, people. They hacked are... it shut, is what you're saying. Yeah, I got the sense, and I thought during that conversation that someone very clearly was like, her helmet was hacked. And so mm. this to me was not a surprise. Is it okay. incredible okay. that they hacked, I don't know, the rubber that is at the bottom of a helmet that can be peeled away? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I'm not a hacker, Tom. I think we've established that. So <laughs> we have. Um, but yes, this is this is him pointing out that everyone everything was done by an insider. Which, in terms of insiders at this point, aren't we like it's Lee and Andy? Aren't those our suspects? Are we mm-hmm. are we looking at anyone else possibly based on what you've seen so far? I mean, they're trying to throw like the, this whole like footage thing leads us to David, and like this is the first time we've ever had like extensive uh, screen time for him. So they're trying to kind of throw him under the bus a little bit. And then, you know, they, you know, I'll just kind of go through it, I guess. They, they talk to David. They do a little interview and realize he's having some romantic relationship with Oliver. Then brings Oliver in for questioning. And then I think they eventually get to Lou Mai for questioning. So, like, again, I feel like it's just too late in this show, five episodes in, to then start bringing in these characters, questioning them to make them think, like, these people are suspects. Because I just don't, I don't buy it. I feel like it has to be Lee at this point. Sure, sure. I don't think it's right to yada yada over the greatest love story in this uh, (laughs) show, which is Oliver and David. I think Mm -hmm. those crazy kids are going to make it. There is also a moment where David mentions that Lou May might be a spy, which I felt was him grasping at straws a little bit and Mm -hmm. maybe slightly racist. I don't know. It just seemed it seemed wrong the way he casually David David seems like he might be casually racist (laughs) (laughs) or overtly. I don't know. I don't know. There is a moment where Darby, Darby talking with Oliver, notices some details. Yeah, I like that bit where he he kind of she notices his shoes and that they're worn, but he's like, and I don't know if I really clocked this earlier that he is in a wheelchair. Um, is it bad this... that in episode five we were surprised by that? Because I well, think again, I felt the same show way. The character, yeah, like he was at dinner that one time, and it might have mentioned it briefly, but I mean they haven't done much with him. And you know, I guess what Darby uh, figures out here is that you know he's not fully paralyzed. He can he can walk. He can't get out of his chair. So again, I don't know if that's just the show trying to say, oh, okay, he can get out of his chair. He can still be a suspect. Like if they're just doing that for the sake of trying to give us another suspect or. I'm not sure what we're supposed to take from it. Yeah. I thought we might get something like when the we see like the footprints of the uh, kind of intruder kind of come into her room. I thought we might see the footprints of his shoes, but they kind of like fade in the snow quick enough, so I couldn't couldn't make that conclusion. Yeah, I had the same thought that you had in terms of I think what they're showing here is he's still possibly a suspect simply because he can sprint short distances. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. They interview Lou May, and there was apparently a poker game, and the only person that left during the poker game... When they're doing these interviews, Tom, all I thought was, if you asked me last night, like, what minute I did what, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. No I was way. drinking. I have no idea what time <laughs> anything happened. And so she's like, everyone else just hung out in the room. Lee's the only one that left. 
And um, apparently, I think Lee is a good poker player. So mm-hmm. we're supposed to establish that Lee is good with a bluff, I'm assuming. Yeah, or reading people, yeah. What would have been funny, and once again, this is a different show. This is the comedy I want this show to be, is <laughs> if Darby, instead of like focusing on the murder during this, really lost sight of it and was like, why wasn't I invited to the game of <laughs> poker that everyone else was attending and seemed to be, you guys... There's like all these screenshots of everyone just like having a great time, like back slapping, <laughs> drinking, just high fiving. And she's like, why wasn't I? And this is where they're like, listen, you are a downer and no one likes to hang out with you. So listen, if they were playing with like butt sniffer money, I don't know if Darby could afford it. <laughs> butt sniffer money. <laughs> Drink. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Lumet has to admit here that she hacked the firewall. And what I thought was funny is I think she offers this up. Like she thinks they're accusing her of this and she Mm kind of gives it up. And (laughs) Andy goes, well, thank you for that. Like the way he says it was like so (laughs) like disappointed in his firewall for being hacked. And also like, thanks for admitting your wrongdoing. I don't know. It was just a very funny delivery from Clive Owen. I agree. The way she's like trying to sell her helping is like, oh, I could run these algorithms and profile everybody so you don't have anybody that could potentially murder other people, I guess is what she's saying. Like, that doesn't sound like a fantastic city to live in, regardless of how smart it is. It's like Minority Report style, right? Like pre crime. Right. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like, Tom, she might be a spy working Mm. for someone else. (laughs) You know what? I think David might have a point. I think there's certain individuals that might look guilty. Based on certain things, mm. and who that didn't feel right. All right, <laughs> there was a call between David and Bill that lasted twenty-seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Twenty-seven seconds. Does that seem like a long call, a short call, or a call that should have been a text messaged? Tom, I give <laughs> that. Listen, the question. Every call should have been a text message. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Sometimes some stuff gets lost in text message. I'm still a big, I'm still a big phone call guy. I don't know. Mm. It's uh, okay. it's nice. Good on you. But 27 seconds is way too long. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> this was great, sir. You need to take this phone call. It's the Wall Street <laughs> Journal, and they know everything. And Clive Owen, in his contract, was like, "Listen, I'll do your dumb show, but at one point." You're going to let me just like overact the poop out of all of this. And I'm going to yell. And they're like, all right. And he's like, I'm going to pick the moment. And guess what? He picked this moment where he was like, can I not trust anyone? I don't know. It was great. Yeah. I mean, justifiably angry, right? It's not the New York Times that's calling. It's the Wall Street Journal. Oh, oh, oh. I misinterpreted his anger. I thought he was upset that he couldn't trust anyone. You're saying he was upset that it was the wrong... It was the wrong print media that is <laughs> yes. super important to this to this billionaire that probably bought the, you know, a murder at the end of the world equivalent of Twitter at some well, point. Well you didn't you didn't hear the, the butler guy. It's like what he what he said, like, hey, the Wall Street Journal's calling, print edition. Like he kind of said it under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like Sheboygan. Other guys. He's like Sheboygan Falls um, press is calling. Uh, they're doing their quarterly newsletter, and they found out about this. They need to talk to you. And he's like Sheboygan Falls, not again. Uh, I want to say Sheboygan Falls is near a little town where they manufacture Lionel Coogans. Lionel Coogans. Mm. If you're looking for a smooth taste with a sweet finish, try Lionel Coogans Winter Shandy. It's cocoa and beer mixed together. Lionel Coogans. I don't don't know if that's right. It's what Tom and I drink. Anyways, (laughs) all right, sorry. Back to the show. When this started happening, I got confused in my own home and I was like, where's that sound coming from? Because I live in a world where whales don't necessarily roam, but other animals roam and calls can happen at all hours of the night. And these wow, these wow, these whale recordings really threw me off in Zoomer and Lee's uh, sleeping quarters. You, you watch with subtitles on, right? I do. I feel like what I was watching with subtitles on before, I, like I heard the same thing. Like, what are these noises? And it says like wailing, getting louder. But I think it spelled it like W A I L L I N G. So like more interesting. And then, and then it gets closer, and it's literally whales wailing. I thought that was great. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, all right. This conversation's important. So let's let's straight face this one. Here we go. <laughs> Put Lee, poker faces on. Lee, why, why did you leave the <laughs> p- 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 poker game? And she's like, I went to ch- 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 check on Zoomer. Um, it's a l- l- lie. Really? It's a lie? You think that's a lie? Oh, why do you yeah. think that's a lie? Because she's, she's just not trustworthy. Like, especially what happens in the rest of this scene. Like, I feel like everything she's saying is, is a lie. Like, Darby has a, a blind for Lee because of, you know, the affinity for her as a hacker, sure. a activist, whatever it was. So... I, I think she was up to something suspicious. Okay. You don't think this is just the common parent of a small child thing where your excuse is always, listen, I'd love to come to your timeshare presentation, but my kid, you know, I got to check in on the kid. So you can no, get the kid was anything. The kid was charging in his room. He was fine. <laughs> he was plugged in. She's like, wrong. Zoomer was plugged into the wall. We have the... All right. So Darby, very quickly, just... Not a good poker player. Lee, good mm. poker player. Darby, bad poker player. Darby's <laughs> like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but uh, your husband and the person that you have a child with, uh, small detail, he's sterile, and <laughs> Zoomer is not his. And Lee seems very distraught by this. And as distraught people do, she quickly throws up, which between the whale wailing and the throw throwing up, it was a lot of noises. <laughs> <laughs> throw throwing up i love it yeah i mean uh, again i just don't understand darby here like it's your blinder still on where she just trusts lee enough to throw all this out or is this like you should be hearing this from me like he, he uh, she should be hearing it from andy like i just i don't understand her motivation and then we get the whole bit about you know lee having a wig in her bag and which i think a wig is kind of odd to be carrying around in your bag at all times but then this id of under marie larson and i, I just again they're just throwing it down heavy that she's a suspect and she's super suspicious here but i don't know is this like her second life that she created after being doxxed i i don't is this like her go bag that she's going to take zoomer away from this place what's going on 
Tom, I don't know. I feel like, and maybe I'm just misremembering this, but someone I was watching this show with, uh, she said that the wig had bad bangs too, like had a front (laughs) cut bang, and so maybe was trying to look a little bit like Darby. So my assumption is that Bill still loves Darby, but being with Lee, they're doing a little role play where Lee looks like Darby <laughs> and goes by a very similar name, Marie Larson. So that is my, my... wife. <laughs> my wife did make a mention about like wigs and bangs and how a lot of wigs in like movies and TV shows have bangs because it's easier to hide that kind of a wig and make it look more realistic. So maybe that's what they're doing here. Interesting. Interesting. A little little uh, show business inside baseball from your spouse, mm-hmm. which yep. we always appreciate. Thank you. All right. All I wrote in the art, in the outline is Lee seems bad. Andy seems bad. <laughs> I, I think I think I had gotten to a point in this episode, so I don't really uh, I don't know why Darby trusts any of these people with facts. I feel like it's very the way Lee reacts to all of this is very mm-hmm. strange, right? She comes in hot, very very hot. Like Andy almost seems to save her in this moment. Right. 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 Uh. So. We're escorted out by Todd, Ava's husband. Todd, her the doctor, him the security guy. He murders, she saves. You know, it's the, it's what they call the circle of life. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lion King was all about it. Go watch it, kids. Mm-hmm. Todd tells a terrible story about a dead brother and uh, revenge, which uh, I don't know. This is like us being like, oh, yeah, revenge is good, which... Revenge was an ABC ABC show that Tom and I potted all eight seasons about. You guys can listen to that in our back catalog. Uh, Tom's quoted as saying if he was on a desert island, he would pick Revenge three times as the TV show he would take with him. Um, This is false. I I mean, like, all of this is to get us, like, when Todd first starts talking to her and he's like, says, hey, I'm sorry about this. I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to get some backstory on Todd. He's going to be a more redeemable character. But no, it's just him giving the super weird story, saying that he's loyal, like he, he loves loyalty, but he's loyal to this family and apparently will do any and everything for them. Which, I mean, I get like a security guard for a billionaire, you probably do want and need that, but I was kind of hoping they give more dimension to Todd. Sure, sure. Well, his name is Todd, so I don't know <laughs> that there are more dimensions to Todd's. I don't... Apologies to all of our Todd <laughs> listeners. No, no apologies. <laughs> I'm surprised Darby is not like, hey... Have you ever thought about changing your name and not being a Todd? Or, I don't know. There's a lot of things that Darby could have said in this moment. Todd gives her a ring. Darby says yes. Uh, Ava's going to be super disappointed because it sounds like Todd and Darby are getting married. Ring, Mm -hmm. ring, ring. Ring those wedding bells. So, Um, Darby takes some, I'm going to say they're like Smarties, which I've only eaten Smarties. I've never snorted them through my nose. But Mm -hmm. Darby... We know that Bill had some addiction issues. Have we established Darby does not have any, or does that kind of come through in this maybe a bit of a like an obsessive nature? Because um, Bill brings up some stuff later in the episode, but we, we haven't established that she has... I don't know. Why is she snorting Smarties through her nose, Tom? <laughs> yeah, this was triggering for me due to my, my past... Uh... Oh, Lightning writing. I'm so, so sorry. I should have given mm-hmm. you some sort of spoiler alert or trigger <laughs> warning before I before I 
started talking about Darby chasing yes. the white dragon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this is the orange dragon, so it wasn't as bad. Oh, the orange-flavored um, Smarties, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, they, they, I mean, they hinted her drinking in previous episodes. They certainly hit at her drinking and then doing, like, Adderall or other uppers, downers later in the in, in this one. So, yeah, I mean, she clearly has some sort of, like, addiction problems, but... I didn't, yeah. I, I don't know what her thought process is here. Like, I think I she's think, just overwhelmed. She's, like, concussed, right? So she's seeing multiple things. She's, you know, we get her perspective. So I think she's just trying, I don't know, to, she, she's trying to level herself out. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Maybe, I mean, she's a hacker. This is a life hack. I mean, yeah. I think I recently watched a YouTube video. It was, like, like life hack, how to not sleep. And this was one of them. So <laughs> yeah, biohacking. Bi- biohacking, yeah. Uh, how to circumvent sleep and live forever. And uh, all right. So she, after getting high, calls David. And once again, you know, no preamble. It's just like, <laughs> why did Big Bill call you the night that, that he died? So we're letting David know, hey, we know you guys talked. I'm mm-hmm. giving you some information that you didn't know I had. Um, <laughs> and david even makes this comment like you sound high are you high right now i'm like come on like she said nothing on this phone call yet i don't i don't get that oh i tom i I don't know about you well you (laughs) only get text messages and so maybe you constantly respond with you sound like you're texting high but i every phone call i'm on i make a point of being are you high right now um which really confuses the census people when they ask me how i'm voting but uh, tomas shows up at the door he offers food. She, even though high, will not leave the door open for the munchies. She says, do you have anything in a vacuum-sealed bag? Please leave it outside my door. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, do you have any Funyuns? Do you have any extreme nacho-flavored Doritos? Do you have do. any Royals, uh, Twisted Pretzels? Uh, do you have any Pirate's Booty? And uh, <laughs> we're we're brought to you by Pirate's Booty, that large four-gallon bag. That oh man, Pirate's Booty is so good. It's a snack, folks. Anyways, they leave it at the door, uh, and then she gets uh, tackled by, tackled by someone using a robot voice. So like before Tomas comes to the door, she kind of hears like a bang, which like makes her head towards the door. I mean, the door never opened because we have the like nightstand in front of it. Like, how does this person get in here? Like, is it? Is this well, they a TV have, show thing? They want they to be in have here? A door, they all have a door to the outside. So there's also a door that leads to the snow because people are constantly coming in through the snow, right? Okay, so I guess that's why. That's and they got so there is also... Um, maybe the person was already in the room. I don't know. Um, there's probably air vents. This looks like a 007 facility <laughs> that Bond would sneak into in order to get some sort of microchip. So, yeah, I didn't, you know... Getting this, I mean, we Bill proved he could get into hotel rooms. I don't know. Doesn't seem that hard. I just figured it wouldn't open from the outside there, but what you know, again, that's fine. Like, Maybe the robot voice person has a ring that opens everything. You know, who knows? True. Maybe they have, have the one ring. Key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The skeleton we know it's out key. there. Yeah. It exists. Tom, you were you were a part of the uh, the skeletons that fraternity that all the presidents were a part of. Are you allowed to talk about the skeleton key? I can neither confirm nor deny the existence of a skeleton or a key. Oh, maybe that I don't was even use keys to my house. Maybe it was called the skulls, the crystal skulls. I think it was called. Anyways, oh, wow. All right. <laughs> um, the voice says, "Don't force my hand. I don't want to take another life." And as they were talking through their digital like thing, phone, um, 
Google Translate, we'll call it. I was like, oh, you know who doesn't have a voice right now is Sean. So maybe this is Sean attacking her <laughs> in her room. Uh, but then they kill Sean shortly after. So I was like, oh, probably not Sean. Sean, <laughs> Sean doesn't seem all that lively in this moment. So I don't think she's tackling people. But No. Uh, do you have thoughts? I mean, could this be David? Is this Andy? Is this Lee? Is this probably Lee? I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I, d- I don't know what to make of this. Like, if this person really wants them out of the picture, then just take care of her, right? Like, as they've been trying to do with a bunch of other people here. I don't know why they're trying to spare Darby unless it's somebody that maybe isn't the killer, but, like, knows what's going on and is, like, pretending to be the killer or something and just trying to tell her, like, hey, like, if you keep going down this road, the guy's going to get you, whoever whoever this this main person is. Like, sure. I, I, d- I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. All right. My theory is this is Bill. That's my ultimate Ooh, theory. Okay, this from the grave. Bill. Love it. From the grave. All right, speaking of Bill, we have a flashback. And Bill's like, hey, girl, as we're driving around, <laughs> I don't know, Arizona, Sedona, somewhere in the southwest based on the landscape, even though we're from the Midwest, uh, Iowa and Ohio, respectively. Uh, why'd you fall for me? And Bill's like, I'll tell you the three reasons why I fell for you. Here's my heart. I'm putting it in your hands. Mm-hmm. And Darby, who is one of the most um, loving people in the world, is like, who says I fell for you? And then she crushes Bill's heart in her hands. And it was cold-blooded. It was cold-blooded and warm country, Tom. That's... <sighs> and then it Bill pops on a log. So mm-hmm. harsh. So harsh. I'm I do starting to like Bill more and Darby less. That's <laughs> that's what these flashbacks are doing. The way he just pulls over the car, doesn't say anything, it just walks out and then just sits on a log. It's it's great. Great oh. passive aggressiveness. You've never pulled the car over on a family road trip and gone and sat on a log while you collected yourself before you murdered every single person in the car. You have more patience than I do. <laughs> this all leads to Bill complaining about phones and technology. I thought that mm-hmm. was strange. I was like, no, 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 no. You expressed your feelings and she shot you down. I don't think phones have anything to do with this. What's going yeah, on man. here? Phones are the real evil. That's the artificial insanity, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, mean, I, thought you were, I thought you were being silly until you said bro at the end. And then you <laughs> nailed me. I was like, Tom's right. He's got a great point. I mean, I don't know. Like, I like I like some of the writing. Uh, it does seem a little bit out of hand and unnecessary here, but I think it's just to, to do this line saying, like, well, Darby fell in love with him on her phone. So it's just, I guess, juxtaposing those two ideas. Like, he, his phones is. are ruining us, and she's using it to kind of fall in love. But I, I, I like the general concept of how, and he talked about, like, with people smoking in a movie theater. They thought that was bad. We look back at it. It's like, it seems crazy. But the idea that everybody just has these phones and it's just kind of sucking away our life. I think there's certainly some truth to that. Oh, oh, there's truth, buddy. There's truth. Because of the amount of time we have to spend with our hands holding them. Hopefully, mm. they put the phone in front of our eyeball with one of those screens. That way, we can stare at it, but still use our hands, I don't know, to hold two more <laughs> phones. So then we'll have a screen in front of one eye. We'll be driving with our non-dominant eye and then in both hands we'll have some sort of tablet phone that we can also be scrolling with that's the world i'm looking forward to live in this has been brought to you by apple i like in your dystopian world you're still driving the car with your non-dominant eye and the car isn't driving itself well i'm using my knees you'll notice that there is a phone in each hand there's a screen over one eye my left eye my non-dominant is looking at traffic and then my right knee is uh, steering. 
my left knee is covered in lithium batteries to run all of the equipment that is uh, that I'm looking at at different Man, times. I'm going to see somebody Photoshop this picture. Let's, we could only hope so. One of our <laughs> ones of listeners will definitely do that. All right. So uh, let's leave the lovers and go back to the present where Darby visits Sean and they get three minutes alone. She tells Sean about Zoomer's uh, parentage. Is that a term? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, she hasn't told somebody. She's going to find somebody she hasn't told all her secrets to. <laughs> There's a scene that got left on the cutting roof floor where Darby is walking through the hallway, runs into, I don't know, six different hotel workers. She's like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but Zoomer's not Andy's biological kid. Oh, hey, uh, excuse me, sir, while you're picking up that room service tray. Uh, Zoomer. It turns out not Andy's biological kid. Oh, uh, sir, sir. Uh, yeah, can I? Can can you put a couple more coffees in room eleven? Uh, oh, by the way, Zoomer. oh, did you sneeze? Did you sneeze? He, you know what? He has a, a, a syndrome called a chew. <laughs> Just everyone tells everyone. Uh, there's a weird moment where Sean is like, she brings up how Andy loves Zoomer, right? She's mm-hmm. she. Andy loves Zoomer, and she's like, I don't know what Lee loves. So once again, I don't like how hard on episode five we're casting suspicion at Lee. That's what worries me about my original Lee mm-hmm. is the bad guy theory, because we're now at five. This is minute 43 of an episode of House, where he's like, it's sarcoidosis. <laughs> and you're like, dude, there are, I don't know. 13 more minutes. There's no way it's sarcoidosis. Um, so this is my fear with the Lee hate that's being shown when we don't know what Lee loves. Mm-hmm. And it's also mentioned that Zoomer is making millions a day because of his trust. I found that a strange comment, especially because at some point Andy says he's like, I'm leveraged to the hilt. So, I mean, why doesn't he just remove Zoomer's battery and take his trust? I don't. I, I found all this confusing. Yeah, just money doesn't seem to be a big motivation. Like, if that's going to be the motive for Lee doing all these killings or whatever just for money, it just seems kind of mm-hmm. silly because these mm-hmm. people just have filthy money. But there's, like, this this conversation where, you know, Sean's trying to tell Darby, like, you know, hey, you're powerless, don't blame yourself. And I think, like, oh, that's fair. But I feel like Sean tried to make a point, like, we can't control any of this. We can't control the ice and the black ice. I'm like, well, you were driving pretty recklessly. I think you could have... <laughs> You could have controlled it a little bit more. Well, Tom, it's a Volvo. She, I mean, she was perfectly safe she knew the she whole was time. Safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, she's not ultimately, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not ultimately killed by the Volvo. She's killed by the helmet. So, I don't no, know. No, she's killed by a lack of water. That's fair. Oh, Dude, yeah. This, yeah, yeah. This, this sequence, <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't, man. Like, oh, give me, can you give me a glass of water? She goes over there. She starts talking to the mirror and then like flat lines. I'm like, I just put my palm to my head. I was like, that's such a silly way to do this. It's like so proper style. Well, now when she comes back in, is Ava there? Like is Ava or does Ava come in afterwards? I I, I think they came in afterwards. But even if, like what could you have possibly done in that short amount of time for her to flat? Well, I felt like, and once again, I wasn't paying attention. I was on one of my three phones um, (laughs) at the time. But I thought maybe they were implying that Ava had come in and ended her. And that's when Darby comes out of the bathroom. But I did feel like Darby, like, yeah, Darby was talking about something pretty mundane when Sean died, like, 
Darby's like, hey, did you know? She's like revealing all these secrets, and then you just hear the flat line, the wailing of the flat line in the background. <laughs> I kept thinking they were going to do something on the mirror, because I felt like there was like a smudge, like almost of blood or something on the mirror as Darby was filling up the water, mm. but it never came to be anything. Mm. Yeah, if like if she ran the hot water and the mirror steamed, like a secret message would form, mm-hmm. and it would say, poop. <laughs> because that's what my kids do. <laughs> When they, I knew you were speaking from experience. There. Yes, yes. Recently, we went on a trip with our kids, where a bathroom was shared, and one kid to the other was like, "Hey, come in here. You got to see this." And yep, they had written "poop" on the mirror, and it steamed up. So, God bless children. We have Andy and Darby having a, another conversation where Darby's like, hey, guess what? Your <laughs> wife. <laughs> guess what? Your, your wife uh, who had that kid that's not yours. Uh, she's got a passport with a funny name. And he's like, why are you always telling people stuff? Can you not keep a secret? You're the worst. I don't know. Uh, I don't understand here, and I get that Andy's very upset because his close friend and Sean like died here. But like Andy and, and Darby were teaming up and trying to figure out what was going on, and now Andy is completely blowing her off and not taking her serious or just saying like "Go away, go back into your room." Well, I didn't understand this turn. So the only thing I can mention is. Earlier, when they're talking about who to interview, Darby's like, Lee, we should interview Lee. And Andy's like, nah, 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 Lee's fine. Lee's fine. So, like, I don't know if the implication here is if Lee is involved, then also Andy is involved. And so every time it turns to Lee, he he's trying to throw the trail off of her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, it could go either way. I don't know if Andy and Lee are competing or if they're on the same side. The show is, I feel like, trying to show that Andy, at least, is trying to spare Lee or at least not Mm -hmm. throw the suspicion towards her. So, but yeah, I thought thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. This all leads to a beautiful kumbaya around a campfire where... No s'mores, though. No s'mores. No... S- less s'more of s'mores and Ziva is like I'd like to sing you all a song and they're like no 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 we you did that already <laughs> um yeah yeah the, the, sp- spirit, sp- the, the spirit on the wind yeah yeah you already did that song um they make some she pulls out her guitar she's like trying to play but she can't quite play it right she's like oh this is a song by Weezer and uh <laughs> everyone's like boo Anyways, um, then she's like, I'm going to sing The Time of Our Lives by Green Day. And everyone's like, boo. Anyways, Sean's dead. And we find out that Sean loved life so much that she wouldn't kill a spider. And I thought, okay, when they mean spider, they mean large robot spiders, right? Sean wouldn't kill a robot spider? I don't know. I don't know why they told us this. Uh, Was it to show that Sean wasn't any part of the murdering? I don't know. I like to, I mean, I don't know. I like the... The writing of this I thought was cool. Like if you you change your perspective and she goes all the way to the moon and you see like the vastness of the of the universe and how there's just nothing, no life, it's all just void of life. And then you have maybe a better understanding of, of how precious life is on planet Earth. I think that was cool and eloquently said, but 
it was just kind of haphazardly thrown into this conversation. Sure, 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 sure. The um, conversation then turns to, is this a hotel or is it a super rich timeshare for rich people when the world ends? And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. And I think VRBO watched this show and it was immediately like, can we explore this market? And they're like, yes, the cleaning fees are going to be $4,000 because we're terrible. Um, Oliver joins them and he, so he wheels himself over. Maybe he walks a little bit, but he certainly wheels himself over. I feel and like when he joins, like they are mid-conversation, and he comes right up to the circle and immediately butts in to exactly what they were talking about. I was like, man, you've been here for three seconds, and you're already chiming in about end-of-the-world doomsday stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah, that might be a little bit of an editing uh, issue, but <laughs> yeah. it's a TV showism. Um, everyone gets to see Sean's spirit go to the heavens through the auroral um, borealis or uh, something Close like enough. that. Is did I did I get it? Yeah, Ari- borealis. Aerioles, aerioles, mm-hmm. borealis. I think mm-hmm. it's called, which it. in scientific terms is nipple lights. <laughs> You just pay extra for that. Uh, let's let's name the dead. And I was just like, man, this is how awkward would this be without alcohol? You know, mm, that, that's yeah. yeah. But yeah, Darby couldn't say Bill's name because she thought it would make it too final. Which I mean, which I is don't crazy because it's Bill. It Bill's not a hard name to say. Bill, mm-hmm. Bill. Mm-hmm. I can I'm say it a thousand mm-hmm. times. I don't know why she had trouble with it. <laughs> Billy. Anyways, uh, we're back at a flashback. It was too what. It, I'm making light of it, but she was too emotional to say his mm-hmm. name, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And she was like, let's all remember Bill, who's the father of Zoomer. And they're like, <laughs> what? And she's like, oh, I haven't told you guys already. I told everyone else. <sighs> all right. We're at a flashback. She can't tell Bill why she loves him, but she can tell all these other people all these secrets. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what she learned. She's like, oh, she's like, she made a she made a pact with herself. She's like, oh, I didn't tell Bill how I really felt. So the rest of my life, I'll say what's ever on my mind to everyone. <laughs> yeah. And she's living like liar, like Jim Carrey and liar, liar. She just no, can't it's yes keep man. it in. Jim Carrey and yes man. Yeah, Jim Carrey and yes man. Or Jim Carrey in Room 23, the other classic <laughs> comedy where he keeps spouting things from his brain. Or mm-hmm. the eternal spot, uh, sunshine of a spotless mind. Or uh, in Living Where's Color. Boom, there you go. Oh, wow. Fire Marshal Bill. Or the mask. <laughs> okay, oh. moving on. It's already uh, long enough. No, no, no. Let's do Christopher Nolan movies. All right. <laughs> We're in a flashback. Darby and Bill, they're back together. I th- Is this the moment where he like went to sleep and she's all hopped up on coffee and Coke and uh-huh. she's solved who the killer is? And Bill, rather than being like intrigued by who the killer is, is more concerned about her mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's clearly drinking and drugging here, and I like I like the way Bill reacts to this. Like he's kind of like, "Oh wow, yeah, this is this seems like a good lead," but he just realizes that this whole adventure is very bad for Darby, and she's just becoming so obsessed over it. Um, it's leading her down a wrong path, and it's right. like, kind of like they found each other, and that seemingly just isn't enough for Darby. Right, and it's a very emotional scene where she smushes a starburst into a spoon lights it with a lighter and then <laughs> snorts it and he's like where'd you learn to do that and she's like i learned it from you bill i learned it from you 
And if you mix orange and lemon, then they're actually not that bad because separately they're terrible flavors. And so <laughs> also brought to you by Starburst, which is a Lionel Coogan's flavor. The Starburst <laughs> Summer Shandy. All right. She's like, let's go visit a serial killer, which sounds like one of the worst ideas anyone's ever come up with. And Bill very quickly is like, you know, this guy seems to be like laying tracks for like wanting someone to find him. And I was like, good point, Bill. Let's not visit the serial killer. Yeah, this is the second mention I think we've had of this where this guy wants to be caught kind of a thing. And and Bill has this very poignant line where he's like, I feel like I'd have to die for you to love me. Uh, which is, I mean, very poignant to what happens kind of later on. And maybe she doesn't really realize what she has until Bill is gone. Um, it's a, it's a oh, tough interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay. Yeah, she couldn't okay. fully commit or, or kind of fall for this guy because she was just, she's too obsessed with these, these other bits. I mean, and I get it, right? Like she's, she's very passionate about it and she, she has all right to be, but it's leading her down a, a bad path. So this, so Bill read Romeo and Juliet and was like, the only way for her to truly love me is for me to kill myself. And that's what this is. This is just one big love story. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Darby starts a hotel fire, which I thought was very funny. Are we still in the <laughs> same room that we snuck into and hijacked? We're in no, a different they're still hotel traveling. at this point, right? Yeah, they're still traveling. This is a new hotel. This is a different hotel they set on fire. This is the hotel, though, that is... Like from the like first episode, like where they were. So I will probably get something about like the bathtub because that was featured so heavily of Bill either being in the bathtub or something else going on there. That's got to come back here. Sure, sure. Tom, I know you played travel soccer. You spent a lot of time in hotels. I'm going to mm-hmm. say over under the amount of hotel fires you started, I'm going to say three. Am I, am I, would there be a? I mean, in the room, one. Okay. Outside of the room. Okay. Probably also one, okay. but there were fireworks and it was dry. There was, we, there's nothing sure. you could do about it. Sure. Are you counting friction burns? Anyways, boom. All right, <laughs> let's go to the present where Ray is a projection, and I wrote something about Darby being like everything hurts. Life's like a Brillo pad. What's hap- uh, What's happening here? I got. I think I was maybe dozing off. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, this one really kind of dragged. Well, I mean, at this bit, like, I think clearly Darby is just like, she's almost like suicidal here. She's saying, I just want to go to sleep. I don't want to wake up. It's incredibly sad. And she's, yeah, it gives this um, analogy of like being like a Brillo pad. And it's just slowly taking like layers off your life until it's mm. too late. It's just, it was, it was hurtful and, and difficult to listen to. But I, the way that Ray is kind of like talking to her and saying like, hey, like and Ray even mentions like, hey, I am a good listener. It is interesting to think about like AI therapy being, because um, that's something that think is in like the news and stuff nowadays with it becoming more prevalent and a lot of people just need somebody to talk to but obviously ai is not where it needs to be and i think there's been stories of ai leading people down like the wrong paths um but i think it can be therapeutic in some form or fashion just to be able to like say these things and have something respond and and listen to you if you don't trust or believe in actual therapy but again if you're having thoughts of this stuff See a therapist. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a good thing. Sure. Sure. No, I agree. I agree. See a robot therapist. They'll tell you exactly what you want to hear. And also, they'll be able to order you a cup of coffee or run a warm bath. That's all they're good for. 
That's all they're good for. Um, no, those good, good, good points. And this all leads to this flickering lamp, which Darby, I think this is supposed to show that she's still coherent. She removes the light bulb, puts in a good light bulb, and uh, the lamp <laughs> is fixed, and the episode yeah. ends. She goes to bed. Um, the only Morse code that we see in this show is light Morse code. We never see any sound Morse code. Uh, but this lamp is telling her that I know why Bill called David. 2200 pool. And so Darby goes and she puts on her pool shooting uniform, her eight, eight pocket pool uniform, <laughs> uh, her pool gloves that she uses, and she grabs her ivory stick that she uses for all of her pool shooting. Well, see, um, I thought this Morse code was the full message. Like, I know why Bill called David. It's $2,200 on a new pool table. Like, I just thought that was it. Like, oh, you got everything you needed to know. But she see, took that I would be suspect because $22 for a pool table. No, it was 2200 It was 2200 Oh, $2,200. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I, would, yeah. I would try to talk that person down. 2200 mm-hmm. for a used pool table? No, sir. Maybe I mean, 2100 Oh, mahogany? Is it slate? Is the slate under the felt? It's got because... slate. It's got slate. Yeah, it's red, so it's kind of it's nice. Newly newly refelted, um, nice leather pockets. Does um, it have Bluetooth? It's... Will it connect to Wi-Fi? Um, who no, but it does have one of those like coin things. You got to like push two quarters in and then push it in. Everything connects to Wi-Fi, Tom. So I will not be <laughs> buying this pool table. Okay. Uh, how am I going to keep score if the internet doesn't do it for me? The AI doesn't <laughs> do it for me. Uh, this leads to Darby being confused, and instead of going to shoot pool, she goes to the pool house, which is really cold. Oh, because there's a power outage during all of this, which I'm like, okay, show, I got it. The power's out. Um, the power in the house is cool, but the pool's still warm, which makes me think. Well, wasn't it a hot spring pool? Like it, it like transitioned oh, to the it's outside. Natu- it's natural. You think the warmth is natural, and well, so. You think these guys with all this global warming talk would want that pool to cool down so they'd just be dumping ice in it constantly because if you put ice in the water of the earth, that will cool down the core. Boom. (laughs) Global warming solved. You heard it here first, folks. You did it, buddy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I mean, they they did that scene, I think it was in the pilot episode, where they talk about the hot spring and they all go out for a dip and like it didn't really make any sense thematically. Like, why are they going in here? But I felt like it was maybe just for this scene. And I I know this ends very dramatically with the pool cover going over and she can't get out. It's like she's gonna drown. There's some like shadowy figure over overlooking her. I I must I'm assuming she could then just swim outside, right? Like, wouldn't the water still connect to the outside hot spring? It's just closed for the interior. Tom, as someone who watched this not realizing that there was a hot spring, I can only <laughs> answer your question with I don't know. But now okay. that you've said it out loud, it makes sense. Also, what pool is covered with a cover that is hard enough that you can't push through it? Um, I don't know. This one seems to be some sort of uh, dwarven glass that is impenetrable (laughs) by both human strength and the strength of a drowning person. This, uh, I'll go on a a, um, a limb here just by saying drowning seems like the worst way to go. So I did not appreciate the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, as someone who has, uh, occasionally surfed and been rolled up in waves, (laughs) not a great feeling. 
Um, so I felt for Darby here, but I know that we're on episode five of episode or episode seven. So um, unless this show is super surprising, which would be wonderful, I think Darby's <laughs> going to get out of it somewhere. Yeah. She's going to hack the pool cover. That's <laughs> what's going to happen. Do you have thoughts on like the the figure that seems to be overlooking her? It doesn't seem like it's somebody dressed all in black. Like we've kind of seen this, I guess, murderer be doing it seems like it's almost somebody wearing like slacks and a white button down like it almost seems like a guy right everything this show has told me is that it's david because it's david is the one that has been accused during this episode the message is i know she called david gave him the heads up that she knew something about him calling bill mm-hmm. and then the message is i know why bill called david like, who would send that but David if you were trying to get that's rid of fair. the person that's harassing you? So the suspect I had in my mind was David. But I'm also not opposed to being uh, Lou May because she might be a spy. So, boom. Mm-hmm. Could be Zoomer. Like, the way she was looking up, it made, maybe made Zoomer seem taller than he actually appeared since she was underwater. Who knows? Right. And he shouted... Camelot for all. So that would probably. <laughs> I found the crown. I found the crown. I found the crown. Excal- She's the lady in the lake that gives him a sword. <laughs> and uh, getting swords is no way to govern a people, I've been told. Um, anyways, uh, listen, I'm enjoying the show. The nitpicks are all for fun. I'm still interested in how this all goes. I actually <laughs> listened to someone talk about this show, and they made a comment where it's like, it's essentially two shows combined into one, and I'm going to talk about this. And I'm not. It didn't ruin it for me, but it is kind of interesting. It's like, hey, we took the true crime like investigation uh, genre, and that's half of the show, and then the mm-hmm. other half is an Agatha Christie, global warming's killing us, like murder at the end of the world, mm-hmm. um, like those two shows, and and we just spliced the scenes back and forth. And so, um, I don't know, the, the simplistic way of looking at it, but uh, I part of me was like, well, what if they just did the Agatha Christie and we went into each one of these characters? Because right now, I don't think my opinion has changed in terms of, based on what they've given us, it's Lee or Andy. Like, Lee or Andy mm-hmm. are either together, separate, but they're, no one, everyone else here is a side character. And if that's not true, if by episode seven, it's like, once again, it's the cook, like, I'm going to be upset. So I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, I agree. I mean, I, I still feel like there's going to be more to the AI. I don't know if it's going to be 100% like the AI is the killer, but maybe Lee or Andy is using the AI in some form or fashion to assist with these these murders, because I feel like it's just too prevalent almost in the show. Sure. Sure, but sure, I'm with sure. you though. I mean, like I again, I know I nitpicked, and I think there are some very some kind of silly moments throughout. But I'm still very much enjoying the show. I would have wished they tightened this episode up a little bit. I don't. I, I think these are much better told in 45 minute hour kind of increments. When this one dragged to hour 15, I thought the episode dragged for me. Yeah, no, it did drag a bit, but we still love it. So for those of you still listening to us, we appreciate you. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com Tom will talk about the other stuff if you enjoy listening to us uh, it is helpful you can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast Um, we will be back for episode 6 which is called 
Darby did it. Um, no, <laughs> Darby swims to freedom is what episode six is called. It's just, it's a kind of bottle episode where Darby just swims for, I'm going to say an hour and 20 minutes. And it's kind of harsh because at this point she kind of is trapped in a bottle right now. So, mm, so they shake it and they pop the cork. Mm. Darby episode six explodes is called, from the pool. <laughs> episode six is called crime scene scene spelled S E E N not S C E N E. Um, but yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Team Binge, Team Binge Podcast. Um, we did a quick poll seeing what people thought who was like the more suspicious character. Uh, I put Andy versus Lee, and the vast majority of people thought Lee was more suspicious. So I think the audience is kind of picking up what the show is kind of putting down, especially from this last episode. She definitely is high on my radar. So yeah, we'll see where we go. And uh, I don't know. Let's catch a murder. Sure. All right. We'll be back for episode six. The other thing I'd mentioned is reach out to us if you have another show that you're enjoying or is coming up that you would like us to talk about. Tom and I are always looking for what's next as we approach the <laughs> the pentultimate. Golly, I never knew what that word meant until I met you, Tom. So you're welcome. God bless you. Uh, as we approach the penultimate episode and then the finale, we'll be looking for what else is on the radar. Tom and I have some thoughts, which we'll share once we get there. But if you're enjoying something that's not about people finding love on an island or <laughs> finding love in 90 days and getting married, um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I have been Julian. And I have been Gumshoe Tom. Adios, everybody.